Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. As I was walking in, it was kind of a really busy day and my head was all over the map. And, and then as I came in and I just walked through the doors, my breath was taken away. I was like, oh. Look at all these beautiful people. I could sense the, the hunger in the room. I could sense the Spirit of God already beginning to move. And I, and I just was like, God, just do what you want to do tonight. And I, I don't have a very scripted message. I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to move tonight. So I'm going to share some truths that were confirmed by your pastor, Pastor Michael. I don't know if he knew it, but he actually prayed the title of my message. Uh, tonight, the title of my message is Fight the Good Fight. Fight the Good Fight. You heard Pastor Michael bring that right in the beginning, that there is a good fight. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. Somebody say good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This entire message is built on the back of that verse. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. My first point is this. A good fight has a clear winner. There's a clear winner in a, in a good fight. And the harder, the more difficult the fight, the greater the victory, right? And I had been thinking... Um, just about the concept of what is it we're fighting for. And, and, and I began to think about what is winning and, 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 and what is success? What, is, what, what does that mean to win at life or to have kingdom success? What does it look like? What, what fight are we winning? There, there's an end goal. There's a winning. There's, so, so what is it? What is that winning? And I was reminded that, first of all, success in life, is not um, some pretty picture of a beautiful home with, you know, little white fence and you've, you're, you've got your perfect marriage with your perfect 2.5 children and your two little dogs in the yard and the rocking chair on the porch and sitting back, sipping sweet tea, never having a problem, just watching the rainbow or the rain or the sun from your pretty little porch. I don't know about you, but when I read my Bible, I've never come across that picture. It is a concept that was put forward to us somehow, and it's not to say that that any of those things are bad. In fact, they're quite good. And for a moment, they're great, but a lifetime of sipping tea with no problems? That's not the word of God. It's not, we were born into a fight. We were born into a fight. There was evil and good. There, there, there was a perfect plan that God designed for us and created the world and the people in it. And, and then sin entered the world and thus it began. And so we are born not into the perfect will of God, but into a fallen world. But yet God has a perfect plan. 
In fact, he must have chosen each and every one of us for this perfect fight. And I, I started to realize, okay, what is true success when you look through the eyes of eternity? What does that look like? What is succeeding in life look like? And I remember when I was a kid, uh, I think I was in second or third grade. I thought it was in kindergarten. My mom listened to part of a message that I preached, and she was like, that wasn't kindergarten. And I'm like, oh, so I do need to confess that on stage since I did preach that story somewhere. But when I was a kid, I think second grade maybe, um, I was coming home every single day with headaches. And that's very odd for a young kid. Like young kids don't even know what a headache is. And yet every day I would come home from school and I would share with my parents that I had the worst headache. And so they took me to the doctors. They thought, well, surely she needs glasses. Maybe she can't see well, so she's straining. So they went ahead and checked for that, but I had 20-20 vision. And then um, it kept going. So they brought me to more doctors. They started doing all of those like assessments and tests to find out what was going on. And uh, they did those things where they monitor all the food that you eat and all the laundry list of things. Only to find out, uh, the doctor actually brought my parents in one day and said, you know, I've been spending a lot of time with Stacy and I actually think that she's not allergic to anything, that it's not a physical problem. I honestly think that she just tries too hard. And they're like, come again. <laughs> and I had entered school uh, at the age of four turning five. My birthday's in August. So I was at the younger age of five when I entered school. And so he said, listen, I think literally her body, like her brain isn't there yet, but she's in a class that's more advanced. And so she's just trying the best that she can so much so that she literally gives herself a headache. I know, this is not most kids. <laughs> but God places all kinds of giftings and things on the inside of us that we don't yet, when we are kids, know what's going on. Later in life, we begin to find out what those gifts are. And what could start out as a problem could actually become a gift. It probably was the spirit of excellence on my life when I was a kid, but I didn't know it yet. I was just operating as a kid, right? Well, when I, turned, when I was uh, 18, almost 19, graduating high school, um, I didn't realize that that really uh, affected me until I was graduating and I called my dad and, and I was chatting with my dad and I was having one of those moments just exasperated. Like I was like, dad, I, I, I'm, I'm going off to college and I can't even believe it. Like it just, it sucks that I'm like almost 19. Like I'm already behind and you know, people are already going to be like four years of college, you know, and I'm going to, it's just going to be this big setback. And I was all stressed out about all these things that is just, and he was like, okay, Stacy, all right. And he, he asked me the question. He said, what is success to you? Because, and then, and then he said, who told you life was a rat race? Who told you that college was four years? Who told you to compare yourself to anyone in that college? And he said, what if 
That's not success at all. What if success is you listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what he says? That's the definition of success. If you want to live a fulfilled, successful life as a Christian, then you listen to the Holy Spirit and you do what he says. It doesn't matter if it looks different to the person next to you. In fact, it probably should because God did not make us to look like or be like anyone else. He made us unique to who we are. And he said, God placed giftings and talents and abilities into you that will look different to those that surround you. So don't get caught up in any kind of rat race or time frame. Success to you is doing what God tells you to do. Live in rhythm with the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but that to me is liberating. It's liberating. And I began to realize that God specifically put these talents, giftings, abilities uh, into our life for exactly the assignment and the mission that he created us for. And I, uh, in Philippians 3, 14, it says this, I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize. We're not looking at just the earthly prizes. There's an eternity that, we're, 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 that we're, our assignment is purposed for. And, and it says, I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. I may not live a life void of pain or hardship. I may not live the life on a, on a porch, but I will live a life that one day when I get to heaven, Jesus would look at me and say, well done, my good and my faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. Because when we stand before God, he's not going to talk about the people around us. He's looking at us, and he wants us to thrive. That's not a fearful thing. That's a good thing. And that's why the Bible calls it a good fight. Which brings me to my next point. Number two, fight the good fight, not fight all the fights. <laughs> fight the good fight. Don't fight all the fights. I think that we have to discover what our assignment is so that we stay faithful to that assignment. And the devil would love for us to fight all the fights. He doesn't even mind so much sometimes when we become a Christian. He's just like, just don't make a difference. Just to become a Christian, but be in so many different uh, uh, lanes that you never accomplish what Jesus' purpose was for you. So, so that, that's a tactic of the enemy. When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel a pile on, when we feel like, oh my goodness, burden after burden, thing after thing, attack after attack, what am I even doing? And we're running around fighting all these fights when God is like, okay. And I feel like tonight, that's what God wants for us, to take a deep breath, to actually go, wait, I'm not meant to fight every single fight. I'm meant to fight the good fight of faith. What does that look like for me? Are we being worn out with the wrong fights? Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are troubled about many things, but Mary, she has chosen the right thing. 
And the truth was, there's a time to be merry, and there is a time to get stuff done. So it's not that Martha necessarily, you know, was doing all things wrong. It just wasn't the right time for what she was doing. She didn't recognize the season. She didn't recognize the moment that she was in, that that moment was better spent with Jesus incarnate, Jesus himself sitting in front of her, that that was the moment to receive the spirit of the living God on the inside of her. It was the moment to to be around the presence of Jesus, to receive of him so that she would be prepared for when the real fight came. Because if we wear ourselves out in all the wrong fights, then when the real fight appears, we're too exhausted to step into it. And God doesn't want that for us. And so I began to think, hey, we have times in our life where it's rightly so. We need to be like Mary. It is so good to come into the house of God and receive the word from God, to be encouraged, to be uplifted. It's so good to be in prayer and to intercede. We need that to prepare us for the fights that God has us, has for us to win. Uh, Proverbs 19.11 says in the Amplified, good sense, wisdom, makes a man restrain his anger, and it is, ho- it is his glory to overlook a transgression or offense. I bring that up because sometimes when we're getting caught up in fights we shouldn't be in, it's a lot of those types of things. As we're getting angry about the wrong things, we're getting offended at each other instead of the real evil in the world. Does that ever happen to you? Like, this just happened to me this last week. A lot of times when you're running hard and you're, you're, you're doing a lot of things and you start to get a little bit exhausted, you maybe haven't uh, spent the, the right amount of time and, you, you know, instead of being at the feet of Jesus, you've been doing and then all of a sudden that starts to catch up with you and then all of a sudden you notice yourself becoming a little bit snappy when you shouldn't. Or you send that text off of an emotional statement, which is what I did, and then you better expect an emotional text back. Like that's what happens. And, I'm, and then I was staring at my phone going, why did I send that? So stupid. That's so dumb. Like why did I do that? I don't even care. It doesn't even matter. It's something not even like world impacting. But that's what we do. We get caught up in these little moments that steal our time, that steal our joy. Because of that one-off text thing that, that got sent back and forth, then I was mad. Then I was angry. And I'm like, I meant to be preparing messages. And now I'm angry. Can't do it. Stolen time. Thank God it was a minor thing and able to just apologize and let it go and and move on. But isn't that sometimes we're caught up in family fights, relationship fights, things that are petty that aren't the main thing. They're not the fight of faith. And it doesn't mean that we turn our backs and we don't confront and deal with the things that are at hand. Absolutely. But I think there's just sometimes where we have to reassess our life and go, what am I participating? in and why? Am I selecting the right course or the right situation or do I need to step aside? Do I need to get better about forgiving quicker? Do I need to get better about not getting offended? Not just dealing with the offense but actually not getting offended. Like just choosing that come what may, like the song that we sing, whatever happens, I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to fight that fight. And here's the reason why I'm so passionate about that is because the truth of the matter is the good fight of faith 
does create an opportunity for the real fight. And the real fight that we are dealing with today is a fight of good versus bad, of evil versus good. I mean, we look at the world today, oh my, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about like the, the, the fights that we have right now that have come to our doorstep, the identity crisis in America of people not knowing that they were made in the image and the likeness of God himself, male and female, that that is confusing to people, that that is literally uh, hurting so many young people that are being brought up in an ideology that is not biblical, the, the havoc that it is wreaking on, on humanity. I mean, it was a, we, we saw it in the Grammys, right? Sam Smith, the hit song is called Unholy. It couldn't be more at our doorstep. It couldn't be more blatant. And so there are real fights of faith to, to fight in that are right for us to fight in. In uh, Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The thing is, if the devil gets us so caught up fighting Christian against Christian, family member against family member, then when it comes time for the evil to be dealt with, we've got nothing in the tank. And then we're so exhausted with the flesh flight we were never supposed to fight in that we are not taking that time like Mary or going in, into to those moments of interceding for and to, to pray that the strongholds, the spirit behind what is happening gets torn down. And there's moments for both. There's moments for us to spend our own time praying against the wickedness and, and binding those strongholds and, and breaking generational strongholds and, and doing all of those things. And then there's a time for us to step out practically in our life when God asks us to, but we've got to know our own fight. We have to know our own assignment in the big assignment. So it can get overwhelming, can it, when it's like you bring up these big issues of the day and you're like, oh, right, what am I meant to do? Instagram, that'll get to everyone. May not be the answer. Probably not. I'm like, let Charlie Kirk be Charlie Kirk. Support him. Like, absolutely. A voice in our generation. And there might be more Charlie Kirks among us, but also there might be a really good neighbor among us too. There might be somebody in a home that needs to knock on our neighbor's door and like old school, bring them a pie and get to know them and then witness to them and be a witness to them and then they transform and give their life to God. The, just recently, you know, in Coronado, we are looking to take ground in Coronado and there has been a fight there. You would think easy peasy little island, like everybody's living the island life. Oh no, my friends. The, 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 that absolutely is a part of the island, but then we didn't realize the state of the island and what has been happening there, and there's a real fight of faith there. And we had to remind a lot of our people living in Coronado, don't waste your time on the wrong fights. 
Don't go on and start Googling the one hater that won't stop texting, emailing, Instagramming about us. Don't go find that one person that set a horrible flyer um, with all kinds of lies about us to every single person on his own dime uh, to every household in Coronado. Yeah, it happened. But, but, but better I spend my time not researching the evil, but better I spend my time living the, 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 the God life that God has called me to live, witnessing to my neighbor and friends. We reminded them, imagine the impact. Do you know what sets someone like that straight? Is when they run into their best friend that they used to have that now just became a Christian. And that actually happened in Coronado. We had a, a, a young girl who was really against all things awaken, had heard all these things, didn't experience, didn't know. This is what often happens. And so had all these, you know, this story being played out about things that she hadn't experienced and then she found herself, she continued to meet other Christians from our church on the island. Like everywhere she went, she kept meeting them and she liked them and she thought she, they were awesome. And then she would find out they were from Awaken. And she's like, what? No, because that's meant to be an evil cult. And she couldn't get her head around it. When she met actual human being Christians from Awakened Church that were just living their lives and went to a cherished conference and got radically changed. What a testimony she is on the island. That will confront an evil spirit. So we've got to make sure, don't, don't despise the days of small beginnings. Don't despise if we're the person that God says your assignment today is to speak to that person. That could change everything. We have no idea who that person could be. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. I found that when it comes to, to fighting the good fight, the right battle, I really believe it's time for Christians to not fight earthly tactics with earthly weapons, that we've got to use kingdom weapons. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing if you look at Instagram or that kind of thing. You can see people shouting out, you know, evil for, for what it is. Um, you see the ungodly just tearing, setting people up, tearing them down. Setting people up, tearing them down. But as Christians, we can't use the same tactics as the enemy. We can't use the same tactics. And sometimes I can, you know, just kind of look and see. And then sometimes Christians, we don't even realize it. And it's like we become also just the exposer of evil. Well, the exposer of evil, like what impact is that having? Like any Tom, Dick, and Harry can see evil is evil. Well, one would think. But it's not just about exposing the evil. It's asking God, what is my role in this fight? What is the God strategy to win the fight? I don't want to just get caught up calling out evil. I want to go, God, what have you asked me to do in this fight? And then give me the strategy to do it. 
I love Pastor Leanne's Instagram posts. Notice they don't sound like the world. They don't look like the world. She may bring up an issue of the day, but you better believe she is giving us a practical way on how to actually bring that thing down. She's helping us to see differently than the world sees. There's a heavenly strategy behind what she is posting. It's not a flippin' post. It's not just a, another pointing out evil. It's an actual God strategy to go, ah, oh, I see it and I can do something about it. That sounds like a God assignment and mission. So it's not a war of words. It's a war of spirits. And we have to look beyond just the outside or just the words or just the things that we get caught up in. And we have to actually look at the spirit that's behind it and deal with that thing. And then we can see a real breakthrough. Does that make sense? Awesome. Okay, point number three. Be the winning champion God designed and created you to be. I believe that every person on earth was born to be a champion. Why do I think that? Because God didn't make, doesn't make mistakes. God chose for each and every one of us to be born at this time of history, his story. Right in his story, he decided, yep, I want an Emily. I need an Emily. Like, he, he thought her up. He, 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 every person that, that is sitting here today, it's not by accident. It's not by chance. The Bible says that God formed you like before you were born, he knew you. God says that he designed us in his image and in his likeness. What is bad? What is evil in God? Nothing. And we were born in his image and in his likeness. So even though we were born into a fallen world, God was like, I need one of these people on earth today to fight the good fight of faith so that, that, that when we, we get to heaven and we stand before God, we can go, oh, I knew you, I received of you, and I did what you asked me to do. And sometimes we think, well, you know what, Stacy? I was born into dysfunction. Like, I was born into mess. I was, you know, I wasn't planned for or, you know, any of those things. Or sometimes life gets messy and things just happen to us in life and the hardships can come to us. But I began to think, God, it must be that the harder the life, like what we were born into, you knew about like you know the end from the beginning and yet you still chose to place us in the exact family that you put us with the exact DNA that you had for us, with the exact ethnicity, what we would look like, what our personality would be. You chose what tribe, you chose what nation, God, to place us in and then you chose the time in the world to insert us here now. That has to be on purpose. And so I got to thinking, if God did that, knowing that we might face hardship, knowing that we might face pain, then he also knew exactly what he was putting in us for us to become victorious champions, to win the good fight of faith. 
And the greater the hardship, the greater the victory. And it's not that God just gives us evil, but you better believe he placed courage on the inside of us. He placed his, he, when we receive of him, we have the spirit of the living God on the inside of us. And he knew that we would be overcomers. You know, you think about the stories of the day, like, you know, um, uh, I was thinking of, uh, what's her name? She's like famous evangelist. Um, yeah, let's go Joyce Meyer. <laughs> Think about Joyce Meyer's story. What a story. Like what she dealt with in her family. She, she, she's very, you know, she, she shares her story all the time, like tampered with as a child, abuse, all of those things. But look at the impact of her life. Maybe God knew that he placed a spirit of an overcomer on the inside of her. Maybe God knew that a Joyce Meyer, though he didn't, though he didn't, he doesn't love that those things happen, though he doesn't set it up so those things happen, he knew the de- what he placed in her to overcome. It makes all of us champions and not victims. C.S. Lewis said this, hardships often prepare ordinary people for extraordinary destinies. The the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. It's not that we don't have what it takes, but maybe perhaps sometimes we're not seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. I thought of Gideon. And I don't know if many of you know the story of Gideon, But Gideon in the Bible, you can find it in Judges. I'm going to read just a little passage of scripture. It's Judges 6, 11 through 16. It says, Now the angels of the Lord came and sat underneath the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Azrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Now, first of all, Gideon was in a, a, a was threshing wheat in a wine press. You don't often thresh wheat in a wine press, like it's meant grapes for wine, right? So, what was he doing there? He was hiding. He was hiding. He didn't want to be found. He was hiding from from the world at large. And then, then this is what it says. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said. To him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Another one says, you courageous warrior. Gideon said to him, oh, Lord, if, if the Lord is with us. Like, he didn't even have, like, he wasn't even like, oh, God, it's you. Like, he knew God came, but he was like, Lord, if this is even you. Like, that's where his faith level, that's where he, how he saw God at the time. So he's hiding He doesn't really know if it's God, if God is really with him. That's where he's grappling. And and it says this, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So there, there was war here and, and he was feeling it and he, he saw the warriors that were there. 
And then it says, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. Um, excuse me? Like, God did not address the circumstance. God did not address the, the situation that he was in. God addressed Gideon the way he made Gideon. He knew before time began that he created Gideon as a man of war, a man of valor. Courage had been placed. Gideon just didn't know it yet. It says, then the Lord t- turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, Fearless courage, another version says, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, oh Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my father's house. He's reading his resume of the why nots. God, do you remember the family you put me in? Do you remember the poverty I was born into? Of all the clans, of all the tribes in Israel, I'm in the lowest? First of all, an interesting uh, perspective that he's living from. He sees himself as the lowest of the low. So the giants seem even more giant, don't they, to him? But God... God isn't looking at him like that. He's looking at him as a man of valor. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You go on to read the story and Gideon finds his courage in the battle. Gideon found out exactly who he was. He was who God said that he was, that he was a man of valor, that he was courageous, but that only was discovered when he actually stepped into the good fight of faith. We'll never discover the warrior on the inside, the champion, the winner, while we are, are, are looking from a perspective of, of God, look, look where I am, of the circumstance. And God, I believe to you and I tonight is saying, it doesn't matter what the history was. It doesn't matter even the, the, the hardship and the things that you have, have had happen. We can work with that. Healing can happen. Deliverance can happen. The question is, do you have me in your camp? Because if you do, then just like with Gideon, he said, you can go out there and I will fill your gaps. So not only... Did God place gifting, talents, abilities, courage, and valor into Gideon's heart so that when he confronted Gideon, he knew exactly who Gideon was? But then he also said, because you received of me, because I am with you, that I'm going to fight this with you. And you're going to take down a whole army as one man. This one man, Gideon, went from a hiding place, from insecurity, from riddled with fear to being a courageous man of valor that took down the Midianites, that took down the war of his day. And I bet he stood there on that day that he won one of the good fights that God placed him in and went, God, I am who you say that I am. What if all of us have that moment where we go, God, I'm actually going to take you at your word, that I'm going to believe about myself what you believe about me. God, who am I to you? You tell me. I will not look at what the world has told me I am. I will not get my worth from the people. 
I will get my value. Who I am is who God says that I am. And if there is any gap that we see, God himself will fill it. We are well equipped to fight the good fight of faith. Could I have everybody stand to their feet? John 16, said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus was the champion of his day. He, he, he gave us the picture of what a hero is. He gave us the picture of what a victor is, of what it looks like to fight the good fight of faith. And, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, there were so many things he could have engaged with. In fact, even his mother was like, do this, do that. People thought that he was going to just take down the, 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 the evil of the day. But, but God had given him a mission to save mankind. And he was faithful to the mission that God gave him. He knew that he was born for the cross. And he ensured that everything that he did brought him to that cross because he knew that that was going to be the place where he would die a horrific death and go into hell and take back what the enemy had stolen from mankind. He defeated the devil. He completed his mission. He rose three days later with resurrection power, with groundbreaking power that, that each and every one of us would have the opportunity to receive of Jesus himself and have that same power on the inside of us. Jesus was the champion, but he gives us an opportunity to be a champion too. So what is real success through the eyes of eternity? It's exactly what we said at the beginning. It's when we receive of Jesus, that moment that we become a Christian. And then from that day forward, we fight the good fight of faith. And we will bring every person we can along with us. We will disciple the people that God has called us to. But we do it in our assignment, in the mission that God gave uniquely to us. Not comparing one to another, but instead saying, God, you are my measuring stick. God, I will measure myself again against the word of God. And I will know that when I hear your voice and I do what you tell me, that is success. And some of us get way too, it can be overwhelming sometimes to think of, what am I meant to be in my whole life? What are five years and 10 years? What if we woke up every day and just said, God, I want to fulfill the assignment of the day. God, tell me today what you want. And he might say, you know what? You need to love your husband better today. You need to be kind today. You need to witness today. Who knows what he will tell you? But it's up to us to listen and receive and walk out everything that he has for us. Does that make sense? If everybody could just close their eyes, we're, we're going to pray. 
God, oh God, we just praise you so much, Father. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you have made us to be champions. God, that you created us victorious. Lord God, that you have placed in us giftings and talents and abilities, oh God, beyond our wildest dreams and imaginations, oh God, that you dreamed each and every one of us up. And, and I, would, I would take it as almost like an award if we were born into adversity because that meant that God knew how victorious you would be, that he created an overcomer, that you would one day share your testimony and your stories of victory. It doesn't matter where we start. It just matters where and when we encounter the Holy Spirit. And then we take that with us for the rest of our days. God, I thank you for this beautiful group of people. And I want to do this. I just want to open up the altar right now. If you feel like you've been carrying burdens or you've been involved in, in, in fights that you're like, oh my goodness, I need to lay those things at the feet of Jesus so that I could pick up the assignment that he has given me. If you need to just let some burdens go today, I just want to invite you to come to the altar, to stand before God, to spend some time with him and let those things go. Let him speak to you. Let him minister to you. Let him heal Maybe areas of our hearts that need to be healed. And then also I want to invite those that would say, I want to know my assignment. God, speak to me my next step. God, speak to me my worth and my value of who I am through your eyes. So if that's you in this place and either one of those camps, would you just make your way to the front? We're just going to spend some time and, and pray together. We're going to worship together. But if that's you in this place, let's just let some of those things go. Let's let the burdens stay at the feet of Jesus so that when God gives us those assignments, Simons were ready for the good fight of faith. It's a good fight that we are in. And he created us to be victors and victorious. Beautiful. Just keep on coming out and we're just going to pray. Cool. God, you are good. Lord, you are faithful, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we fight the good fight of faith. Let faith rise today on the inside of us. God, oh God, we praise you. Just everyone in the building, just lift your hands to heaven. The Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to meet with us. Let's listen for his voice. The Bible says the sheep knows the voice of their shepherd. He's our good shepherd today with good news in the good fight. And God, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, would you begin to show us, Father, those areas of our life that it's time to let it go. It's time to let the squabbles, it's time to let the fights that seemed really big go right now in the name of Jesus. That it's time to lay some things at your feet. And I, I felt God say, even when I was in worship, that there may be some people here that are struggling with different addictions. And God wanted me to remind you that it's not the addiction, that it's time to face the pain that hurt you. It's time to face the things that, that brought you to that place of needing to have a, 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 a salve for the wound. But there is nothing that will replace the spirit 
and the healing salve, the anointing of God in your life. And I believe tonight addictions are breaking off in the name of Jesus as we begin to see, okay, God, where did this begin? Where did this start? What was that hurt? What was that pain? What was that thing that caused me to reach out? Oh, God, right there in that place, Lord, I pray for a miracle in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh, God, Lord, as we see that thing, that hurt, that pain, Lord, we release it to you in the name of Jesus. God, we can't do all the things about what happened, but we can release it to you. We can let you be judge. We can let you be healer right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray a sweet release in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you say in your word that your burdens are and your yoke is light. They are not heavy. When we fight the right fight, when we fight the good fight, those are the ones, they don't wear us out. In fact, they energize us. That's how you know that you're in the right fight. It's how you know that you're functioning and you're gifting and in your anointing is that there is an energizing of the spirit that, that is a breath behind the sail for what you're meant to do. So if you find yourself struggling and in chaos, just go, okay, God, what is it? What is it I meant to, to step into or what is it I meant to let go of and just let go of those things that allow God to show you your next steps in the name of Jesus. And God, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, for those of us, God, that are seeking that next step, Father. Lord, I thank you that when you want to get a word to us, you do. I thank you, God, that your voice is clear. It is not chaotic, oh God. So, Lord Jesus, I pray right now, God. Lord, and I, I, I ask that you would begin, God, to be the revealer, Jesus, of the assignments that you have placed on our lives, oh God. That you would begin to show us, God, specifically for us, what our next steps and next seasons are to look like, oh God. Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, I, I thank you for showing us who we are through your eyes. Lord, that you love us with an unconditional love, a love that doesn't say perform for me, a love that doesn't say reach this and do that, but a love of a father so great that he loves us because he chose us, because we're his son or we are his daughter. And right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that as we turn our eyes towards the heavens, we would see ourselves the way that God sees us. A mighty man of valor, courageous in the eyes of God, full of faith, full of tenacity, God, in the name of Jesus, that we would see ourselves, women, as princesses, as, as these beautiful people that God has designed us to be with talent and ability and gifting, oh God, that you, we were born with the full measure of our worth because our worth lies on the inside of you. And God, just like that question that I asked my father when I was 18, show me what success is. What is success? Lord, I thank you that tonight you release your word 
to each and every person here. Lord, that we can know, that we know, that we know that we are in the good fight of faith. And if you're a Christian, you're already on your journey. You're in the good fight, the good fight of faith. So Lord, we thank you for these beautiful people. We thank you for your covering, your protection, your favor. I ask that you would continue, oh God, as you do on the journey with each and every one of us, God. God, I thank you right now for showing us who we are in you. In your name we pray, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.